Amen. Um, this morning we're going to take a little step away from our time in Acts and come specifically to the book of the Gospel of John, John chapter 10. And uh, I'll share a little bit later in the message maybe why we, we've turned this course uh, for this morning. Um, but the question I want to present to you today is this. Is your shepherd good? Is your shepherd good? Now, the intentionality behind that is, is I didn't simply ask, do you have a shepherd? Because that's presumed. Why? All the way back to Genesis chapter 3, the first time we see that Satan shows up in the garden and Adam and Eve take of that fruit, they disobey God. They say, God, that we would rather have another shepherd other than you. And in fact, that's the course of history from that point forward. It's never a question of, do you have a shepherd? The question is always, is your shepherd good? Because there's a drawn conclusion from the scriptures that you and I are ultimately following someone and that is either the path of darkness or the path of light. It is the path of righteousness and holiness that reflects God. Or it is the way of the evil one. A deviation from God's plan that ultimately looks to Christ. We see this in moments like Exodus chapter 32 where God has just brought the people out of the bondage of Egypt in 400 years. Moses goes up to, on, the, on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And when that happens... The people break loose and they say, listen, we don't know where Moses is gone and we need a God to lead us. And remember what Aaron did? He said, give me all your gold. He throws it in the fire and what came out? Do you remember? What came out of the fire? Do you remember? He said the calf came out, right? Like it just happened. It just showed up. And the people said, behold, this is your God that brought you out of Egypt. And the people immediately, they're worshiping another shepherd. Not only that, we see it with the prophet Elijah there in first Kings when he believes that he's the only one and there's all these prophets of Baal and they're worshiping all these false gods and there's a call back to the one true good shepherd. We're going to look today in moments with the prophet Jeremiah and Jeremiah has a lonely ministry. If you've ever felt like you didn't matter or you were unproductive, Jeremiah has even more reasons. He sees, in fact, the book, I think, records two salvations, two people that respond to all of Jeremiah's faithfulness. In fact, all the other prophets are saying something totally different. And yet Jeremiah is proclaiming that there is one true shepherd and he is good. So the question is never, are you following a shepherd? You're always following a shepherd. You just need to answer, is your shepherd good? Three questions today I want to set before us to, to kind of marshal through this point of trying to answer it. First is, is who is the good shepherd and what qualifies him as good? So who is the shepherd and what qualifies him as good? Why? Because what you're going to see in John 10 is that everything hinders in your life and my life on the fact is, is our shepherd good? Is he one that we can trust? Is he one that we can follow? And what qualifies him to actually be Good. So listen, if you would, John chapter 10. John begins by recounting Jesus' words when he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a what? A thief and a, and a robber. Immediately, the story is said and saying, listen, there's danger. There's a moment of warning. There's a moment of peril. You must realize there are other shepherds. There are thieves. There are robbers. And they are coming in by other ways. And they want to lead you and your family and this community and ultimately this world astray. But look what he says here. But, verse 2 of John chapter 10. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we come to verse 9. So let's just move on in the text. 
He says to him, verse 3, To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls. He's speaking to them. So not only does he enter by the right way, but this shepherd desires intimacy in the fact that he is speaking to them. And it says he calls them out by what? Look what the text says. By what? By name. Do you see that? He calls the sheep by name. Now, this is significant. Why? Because throughout the, the biblical landscape, what we see is, is that when people have name changes, it's major. A change of name or a recognition of name declares to them that, listen, you have been personally transformed, like the nature of the person or the circumstances or possibly both. Why? People like Abram became who? Do you remember? Abraham. Jacob, the deceiver, was wrestling with God and his name was changed from Jacob to what? Do you remember? Israel, which means literally God wrestler, right? And we see that all throughout even today. Israel, they are wrestling with God. There's this, this play on words that's being used there. Right? Simon, his name, he said he no longer called him Simon. His name's going to be what? Do you remember? Peter, Cephas, Rock. And there's a change there in Matthew 16. So when we see the name, it's significant that Jesus calls all of his sheep by name. And then it says that he leads them out. And look what it says there, verse 4. When he has brought out all his own. We're going to pull on this a little bit later, but it's, it's important to see that Jesus is pulling out. He's bringing all. He's not missing any. He's bringing all of his own. And look what he says here. He goes before them and the sheep follow him. He goes before them. Now this Again, much of the imagery that Jesus is pulling off of is from important passages back in the Old Testament. Passages like, there's the psalm passages. um, And probably the most significant or or maybe the most well-known psalm is Psalm 23, right? And it begins, the Lord is what? My shepherd. You've probably been in a funeral. You've probably heard that passage if you've ever been to a funeral um, or very many. Most likely that's a passage that someone has pulled from. And Jesus is saying that. Look what he says there. When he is brought out of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, right? I mean, that's, that's what's happening in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Um, one day, Rick Atwell walked in and he shared with me about a book that he had been reading. And the book is, it's a shepherd's look at Psalm 23. All right, it's by a guy by the name of Philip Keller. Now, you may have heard, the, there's a well-known preacher in America. His name is Tim Keller, a preacher writer. Um, but this guy's name is Philip Keller and he was actually a shepherd. And so he walks through Psalm 23. It's, it's there in our library. It's actually on my desk right now, but it's been in our library for a long time. And it is a fascinating look to look at the scriptures from the perspective of a shepherd and realize, I didn't see all of that. Moments in which he begins to say things like this. Uh, on page 17, he says, The lot in life of any particular sheep depended upon the type of man who owns it. It says the sheep's life was utterly dependent upon the shepherd that led and guided and cared for it. Why? Look what he says here, this quote. There's the, there's the cover of the book if you were looking for it in our library. and um, He says, sheep do not, verse tw- page 21, sheep do not just take care of themselves as some might suppose. They require more than any other livestock. What? What's it say there? Endless attention and meticulous care. And when I read that, I had to stop and ask the question, Is it significant that Jesus calls us sheep? Right? I mean, most of us, I don't know, is there any shepherds in the crowd? Raise your hand. Are you shepherds? Any For real. Like any shepherds? Anybody here that's ever shepherded? Right? I mean, many of you um, live in an agricultural climate. You understand livestock and all that, so you have a better idea even than I do. But, but many of us, unless we've significantly or had intentional time working with sheep, 
We don't understand how weak sheep are, how prone sheep are to stray off, how prone sheep are to have all kinds of issues. And so we have to ask that question. Why then did Jesus choose to call us sheep? And I think it's a reminder to you and I that we are in desperate need of a good shepherd. We as sheep have a tendency to get it wrong, right? The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all like sheep have gone what? We've all gone astray. So today if you're here and you feel like, man, I've totally blown it, I've totally messed up God's plan, I haven't really looked to glorify Jesus, I've I've really blown that, the Scripture says, don't be surprised. In fact, everybody around you has done the very same thing. But there is a good shepherd that comes looking for the lost and the strained sheep. And for some of you, even now, you feel that, man, why, God, are you loving me so, God? Why are you caring for me? So look what happens. It's interesting. Psalm 23. Let's look at that just for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? I shall not want. He's saying, listen, there's a shepherd that will provide for you that you finally don't have to go looking elsewhere for. As he walks through his text, Philip Keller shares about how sheep are so prone to look for other pastures. They look for other areas. They don't realize that it's not healthy, it's not good, it's dangerous. They just wander wherever. And so therefore, he says, listen, I want you to know there's a shepherd that is good that you finally don't have to want for other things. There's a shepherd who can desire your fulfillment of sexual desires. There's a a shepherd who can meet your deepest and, and hungriest need of contentment, of being accepted, of feeling like you matter, that you have a purpose. He says, there's finally a shepherd that I can say I don't, I don't know what I have to want. But look what he says here. Look what the shepherd does. He makes me, it says, lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still at waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you see, it's a shepherd that is doing all of these things. It was interesting that, that Keller shares in his book that he says, listen, for a sheep to lie down in green pastures, to take a place of rest, he said four significant needs had to be met. Number one, free of all fear. For a sheep to lay down in these green pastures, again, if we're not shepherds, we don't understand this. We read this and think, well, it's great to be led in, in green pastures and lie down. But no, he says, listen, I want you to realize what has to be met for a sheep to actually do that. Free of all fear. Free of issues or friction with other sheep. Free from pests, flies, any kind of pestilence. And free of hunger. Keller says those four needs have to be met for a sheep to lie down. If not, they will continually back and forth and will never, ever be at rest. And he says, listen, I want you to know that there's actually a good shepherd who can provide and meet what you and I long for and that we can finally lie down. What brings this about? Well, it's interesting. Watch this. He shares in his book. And if you're looking for maybe a more updated copy, um, again, it's a fascinating look. There's the more updated version of the cover of the book. But he says, look at this, page 37. The presence of their master and owner and protector put them at ease as nothing else could do. And this applied day and night. He says, you want to know what it depended upon for the sheep to not be afraid? Do you know what, what, who determined whether the fact that sheep were hungry or not hungry? Do you know who determined whether or not there were pests or not pests? Do you know who determined whether there was friction with other sheep or not? He says, it was the shepherd. 
all of the deepest longings a sheep needed, they could not do for themselves. But he said, there is a good shepherd that meets those needs that you and I can finally lie down. What a moment. Did you notice back in the text, why do the sheep follow this good shepherd? Look what Jesus says. It's interesting. When he has brought, verse 4 of John 10, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Right? Here it is. Just a little clue. Why do they do it? Right? For why? They know his voice. They have learned to hear the shepherd's voice. You see, the word know that's being used here indicates that they've experienced it. Because the, the, the tendency, I think, is, is that when we come to texts like Psalm 23 or John chapter 10, we know them. Like, like many of you, I mean, I saw your lips. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall what? I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside those quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Lo, though I walk through the valley of what? I will fear what? For you are with me. Thy rod and what? They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with what? My cup does what? It overflows. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell where? In the house of the Lord how long? Forever. And the tendency for us is we know it here. But this knowing as a sheep is to experience the truth of Psalm 23. You see, in John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, some of the smartest people in Jesus' day came to him. And he says to them in verse 39, you guys know the scripture so well, but these words are the ones that testify about me. And he says in verse 40, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. It's not that you don't know it intellectually. It's not that you can't repeat it. He says, you guys have not experienced the truth. So when these sheep know his voice, the reason why they are following him is because they have experienced this is a shepherd that can do for me what no one else can. I've spent so long in other pastures. I've drank from so much corrupt and polluted water. There's finally a shepherd that is meeting my needs, that cares about me. I've come to experience it. And so Jesus then moves and transitions. Verse 9, he says, I am the door. He says, I'm the door. Now, what's interesting about it, I'll read the rest of the passage and talk just for a moment about this setting. He says, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be what? He'll be saved. He'll go in and out and find pasture. Now, you see a couple of the images there. It's intentional, right? I want you and I to see because, again, most of us aren't shepherds, so we don't understand what's the setting taking place. Typically, two things happen. For those in a more corporate setting, the shepherds would come in at night into a village area and they would drive all their sheep into a large kind of community pen. All right. So there might be multiple flocks inside this pen. And so at night there would be a hired gatekeeper who would stay and stand watch. Right. And he would be there in between this little small opening. Right. Kind of see it down here. I know it's a little smaller. So kind of brought this up. And they would stand the gap to make sure that the sheep didn't go back out. And so what's interesting is, is I never realized this before, but in the morning when the different shepherds would show up for their sheep, do you know how they would separate them? The voice. They call them. It's the voice. It's not that they had to walk through and say, okay, you're mine, you're mine. That, oh, that's, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. Now, another interesting thing that I didn't realize either is that shepherds, similar to like how we tag cows, 
They would put a mark in the ear of their sheep that would mark them as their own. But the voice. And so there was this time of being corporately, there'll be a gatekeeper. And Jesus is going to kind of build on that in a moment. So it's intentional. But when they were out alone, when the shepherd was out in, in the wilderness with their sheep, driving them, taking them to pastures to, to graze and, and, and to feed and all of that, there wasn't any gatekeeper. So guess who was the gatekeeper? The shepherd. And Jesus is using that imagery that those people in that society would have understood perfectly. And he says, I want you to know that I'm the door. He says, I'm the door. And the shepherd would lay down at night, literally, he would lay in the doorway. And that doorway was just wide enough for, for a, a man to lay in. And he would lay there in that doorway so to make sure that not only could the sheep not get out, no one else could get in. They had to cross over him. And Jesus says, listen, guys, in the same way, do you want to know how do you get to my father's house? I'm the what? I'm the door. I'm the way, right? John 14 and 6. He says, listen, I want you to know that I am the door. There's no other way to get to my father. If you want to get into that eternal sheep pen, he says, if you are truly my sheep, then you have to come to the good shepherd. I'm the door. Look what he says. If anyone enters by me, he will be what? He's going to be saved. He says, do you want forgiveness? Do you want redemption? There is no other door. There is no other door. The only door is Christ. And look what he says here. This is beautiful. He says, they will go in. Go in and find what? Well, again, pulling from our four things. They're going to go in and finally, once and for all, know the truth. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? For all eternity, can you imagine no longer wanting? Like, no longer wanting like the things that we know we shouldn't want. Like the ungodly things, the wicked things, the evil things that your flesh and my flesh, we try to choke down and push down and get away from. Those things that you and I, once and for all, for all eternity, this shepherd is so, so good that we will go in and we will never want. But not only that, the fact is that when we're there, there'll be no more fear, right? Because a sheep can't lay down unless they're no longer out without fear. Can you imagine for all eternity, you no longer have to fear? No fears. I don't know what you're fearful of today. I don't know what you're worried, consumed by. Can you imagine no fear? Not only that, he says you have to be free from other sheep to, to, to lay down in that pasture. Can you imagine that you no longer have friction with anyone? Many of you, I'm sure you have chaos right now in your life. You are, you are concerned about what's happening, what's happening this week, what's coming. The, the disunity in your family, wherever it is, do you know that? Can you imagine for all eternity no longer having that? Thirdly, remember the third requirement was no more pest. Can we say hallelujah, there's no more enemy? No more enemy! He is thrown alive as Revelation closes out. Satan and all of his minions are thrown alive in the lake of fire and they will not enter in. When you come into this eternal sheep pen, there's no more pest. No more temptation. And then finally he says that they have to be not hungry to be able to lay down. Can you finally imagine that once and for all your true, deepest, longing hunger, whether it's for acceptance or to be loved or cared for, is finally met fully and completely? I don't know about you, but man, I want that. And Jesus says, if you want to experience that, I'm the door, guys. I'm the door. You will go in and out and you will find the pasture that your heart is long for. What a beautiful moment. Now the question is, 
what qualifies Jesus to be the door? Right? Like, so how did he get to decide that? Who made that up? Is Like, who wrote that in the Bible? Like, how did he get to be like the one that says, okay, you can come in or you can't go in? Because he's the door. Who got to make that decision? Look what the text does to answer. It's a beautiful moment. Jesus chapter, John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the what? The good shepherd. And here's the question. Okay, why is he the good shepherd? Why is he the gate to eternal life? Look what he says. The good shepherd, this is significant, lays down his life for who? For the sheep. Not only that, look what he says here. Back now to verse 15. Watch this. Jesus repeating this. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I do what? I lay down my life for who? For the sheep. Verse 17 with me. For this reason the Father loves me because I what? I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I what? I lay it down of my own accord. This is my will. I love sheep. Strange sheep. Disobedient sheep. Lost sheep. Sheep in the gutter. I love them. That's my love. And look what he says here one last time. This is the fifth and final time in these few verses. I have authority to what? Lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. And you want to answer the question, why is this shepherd good? Because he lays down his life for you. And you have done absolutely nothing to ever earn it or deserve it. And you've done nothing good enough to ever keep it. That's his love. That's why my question to you this morning is, is your shepherd good? There's no shepherd like that. There's no shepherd that can give his life for you that you can now be qualified to enter into God's presence forever and ever. That's why he's the only gate. He is the good shepherd. Wow, praise the Lord. And the reminder is, wow, I mean, man, we're straying sheep, right? If you want to be reminded of your sheepness this morning, turn to Pastor like Romans 5. Look what it says. The boys and I, we've been walking through this, him and the boys and I. And, and we've come to Romans 5 now. And look what it says. For while we were still weak. I love that. Still weak. That word weak literally means morally corrupt. Like when you don't want to share with your brothers, Riv, when you don't want to obey us. Right? He's smiling over there. But we talk about that. You don't have that desire. Guess what, Riv? In that moment, dude, in your disobedience, Jesus died for you. I don't know as a parent any greater truth I can tell my child. Furthermore, he calls them ungodly. Verse 8, look what he says. While we were still sinners, not when you cleaned up your life enough. Not when you became good enough. Verse 10 for, of Romans 5, for while we were enemies, not when you used to be enemies, but while you were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. That's how important this laying down of His life is. That's why He is the Good Shepherd, you guys. And so then it kind of comes and Jesus does something else to help us out. He helps us recognize, how do you recognize shady shepherds, right? Some of you, you know who that guy on the screen is. He calls himself the real slim shady. He says, hey, listen, I want you to know, I am a shady shepherd. I want you to know, I'm a shady. Now, the shady shepherds that Jesus speaks about aren't usually so obvious. They aren't so easy to recognize. So Jesus does something that's important for you and I to see. Look what he does here. Back in John chapter 10, verse 1. He says, listen, guys, I want you to know that the person that enters the sheepfold, not by the door, they climb in by another way. He says, I want you to know that man is a thief and a robber. He says, I want you to know this person, again, further, look what he says, verse 5, a stranger, he calls them, they will not follow. They will flee from him. 
So how do we begin to recognize the strangers? How do we begin to recognize these false shepherds, these false teachers, these false preachers? How should we recognize them? Again, the passages from the Old Testament are so important to helping us interpret what's taking place. Jeremiah chapter 23. Again, the setting of Jeremiah is he is talking about the true way of God and everyone is following everyone else but him. In fact, they want him killed, put away. I mean, he is, he is nobody's following him. I mean, his ministry, if you look from the outside, it looks like a complete and total failure. Look what the text says, though. Therefore, verse 15 of Jeremiah 23, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets. These are, God's, these are supposedly God's spokesmen. Behold, I will feed them with bitter food and give them poisoned water to drink. Why would God do that? Well, he says four. You don't know why? Here it is. Again, these are just interpretive. As you read God's word day after day, week after week, the text helps you interpret. Four, from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has gone out into all the land. That's the danger of the false shepherds and the false teachers it's that's from them that are saying this is what God says. It's actually not. Listen, what it says, verse 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of what? Of their own minds. He says, it is not from who? It's not from the mouth of the Lord. He said, this isn't God speaking, guys. I want you to know, and you say, well, how will I know if it's God speaking or not? Look what Jesus says back in verse 5 of John 10. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for. Why will they flee? They don't know the voice of strangers. I need three volunteers this morning. One from here, one from here, and one from here. Can we do it? Just come on. Real quick. Somebody. Somebody from each one. I need a volunteer. Quickly. Hurry. Make your way. We're on the radio. No time's ticking. Go, 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 go. Come on. I need three. Come on, I don't know who you are. I'm, this is not pre-programmed. All right, so you're representing this side. All right, you're representing here. You're right here. Awesome. All right, so here's what we're going to do again. So how do we recognize false shepherds? By what? The voice, right? So this morning I want to do a little visual illustration. Can you guys kind of stand in the middle right here so we can all be together real quick? Here's the challenge. I'm going to see how well they know my boy's voice. So we'll just do four this morning. All right, three of these are actually my son's. One of them is a stranger, some kid from online. So God bless whoever he is. If he's your kid, he's great. Ready? All right. Here we go. I'll turn it up. Hold on a second. First one. Here we go. Love you, Daddy. Listen to it. Who you think it is? Love you, Daddy. There we go. Point proven right there, right? Isn't it? What do you think? Is he right? What do you think? Josiah? Who? You Who? I think Josiah. Josiah. Who was it? It was Riff. All right. Second one up. Here we go. Second one up. Second up. Again, this is knowing the voice, right? Love you, Daddy. Love you, Daddy. Love you, Daddy. All right. We'll start with you. Who do you think it is? I think it's Judah. Riff. Who was it? It was Josiah. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Some of you are thinking you should have chosen a better representative. I can't, I can't. This is, here we go. Third one. I love Daddy. All right, listen. I love Daddy. I love Daddy. All right, so here's your tip, right? So, so far we've played River and Josiah. So this is either Judah or some kid from online. God bless that kid. What do you, what do you think? We'll start with you, Mr. Jewell. What do you think, Riff? 
It's some kid off the internet. There we go. And so we'll close out with Judah. All right, here we go. I love you, Daddy. There we go. I love you. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Grab a seat. Did you see right there? The more familiar we were, right? You knew them, right? Because you spend a lot of time, right? The more time we spend with someone, the more we recognize their voice, don't we? I mean, you wake up in the night, you hear the word daddy, you know, boom. That's Rib, that's Josiah, that's Judah, boom. Most of the time. Right? Or if it's a kid off the internet, right? I don't know why. He's, what's the kid in the internet on my house, right? Who is that kid? Right? I don't know who that kid is. All right, you kids are way too involved. You're getting free, all right? Um, so listen, the primary way that you and I begin to recognize the good shepherd's voice, it's just time alone in this word, guys. I mean, Jesus, he, yeah, he points out the shady shepherds, but the intentionality of saying, how do you know who's the good shepherd and the bad shepherd is kind of like banking. You don't spend your time with all the counterfeit. You spend time with the real shepherd, the true good shepherd alone with him. And the more you listen to him, the spirit begins to speak. The more in your daily life you're hearing the Spirit of God speak. Why? Because you have spent time in the presence of God. And you say, wow, man, that must be the Spirit of God leading me to ask for forgiveness right now or grace right now. Because I know what God's Word says there in Ephesians 4 and 32. Be kind and compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Of course, God, I need to forgive my spouse. Right? I mean, like, should I do this? No, your flesh says, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You didn't do anything wrong. But the good shepherd's voice is speaking to us. And so we begin to recognize His voice spending time alone with Him. So then that brings us to our final question. If He is my shepherd and if He is indeed good, then where do I go from here? If He's indeed my shepherd and He's good, then where do I go from here? Look what He says here. It's interesting. Verse 3. To Him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear His voice. They hear it. Look what He says, verse 4, to them. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So how do we begin to reveal the fact that we are truly his sheep? We're hearing his voice. We recognize it's him and they do what? They follow. We can make all these claims about who our shepherd is, but the fact is it's revealed in who you're following. Your life is bearing the fruit that you are truly his sheep. Jesus says, listen, that's why they follow me. But maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're dry. I showed up last Sunday night. I called Emily. It was probably about 6.01. It's never good when you're supposed to be preaching and you're late. And I was like, I'm not sure I want to come. Just dry. I don't know if you ever felt that way. Just like, man, I don't don't know if I want to come. And so the whole way I've been battling off last Sunday afternoon of what do I do? Do I put on the preacher mask? Throw on the costume? But I mean, come on. We can do it. You've done it. Some of you are doing it this morning. You've got the costume on. You look like the superhero. You've got it. But inwardly, mm-mm. So last Sunday night, I had to come and just be straight, be transparent, be honest. Say, guys, listen, I don't have the preacher mask today. I'm struggling. I'm discouraged. I'm dry. There's just been a lot of things in my life. and I I don't want to get up here and fake it. And that, that was in that moment when God began to direct my heart to this text this morning because he said, listen, Blake, for we all like sheep have what? There's a lot of people like you out there, Blake. They got the mask on. They're showing up. But man, on the inside, they are so dry. They are hurting. 
could I just invite you today to the only thing that I think that we can do in those moments? is come to the Good Shepherd. That's why I've been setting before you today who this Good Shepherd is. Because there's no one else that's worthy of you taking the mask off. Because taking the mask off is dangerous. Other people are going to begin to see, oh my goodness, I can't believe they think like that, act like that, say that. But we've got to come to the place of saying, there is finally a good shepherd who loves me because of that stuff. He loves me in the midst of it. He is that good. And in that, it frees me to finally say, God, I'm taking the mask off. I'm taking the cape off. I'm taking the big shield off. God, I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. But I've heard that you are the good shepherd that lays down your life for people like me. Man, and, and, and if you're here, you'd say, Blake, I, I've been in some dry moments in my life, but, but by the grace of God, he keeps bringing me out. You're exactly right. Look at this. Just, I'm going to close with just a couple comments. Remember back, he says in verse 1, he's a thief and a robber. Verse 10, that familiar passage, the, the thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. You've heard that. Look further with me. Verse 12, it says, and the wolf's going to show up on the scene. You see it? The wolf comes and he snatches. Again, this, this thief, this robber, that's what he's after. And here's the beautiful moment. If, if you've ever seen this piece together, look what Jesus does. This is very, very intentional. It's an awesome moment. Verse 28 of John 10. I give them eternal life and they will perish and no one will what? No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, verse 29 of John 10, who has given them to me, He's greater than anybody else. And no one is able to do what? To snatch them out of my Father's hand. If you have had moments of drought, moments spiritually when you've thought about just throwing the towel in, but you haven't, you need to come back and say, Oh, what a Savior I have. He's kept me from being snatched. He's kept me from being deceived. He's kept me from walking away. This is the Good Shepherd. Do you see how good He is? So I ask you again, as we close this morning, is your shepherd good? Is your shepherd good? An application I want to make in closing. Some of you um, are, are being called... To be shepherds, um, many of you, your, your, your teachers here in the church, you're teaching in your home, at your job site, you're making disciples. God has put you in different places, community-wise, job-wise. I want to ask you a question. Are you following a good shepherd? Who's the shepherd? When you think about the podcast you listen to, the, the people you listen to on the radio, the TV, the Internet, because you have a major influence. And look what he says, verse 18 of Jeremiah 23. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word? And listen, you have got to come to the place of realizing, is this person that is teaching me a good shepherd? Or are they a wolf in sheep's clothing? And here's what I want to remind you. I am capable of being a wolf. Don't buy into that deception now. That preacher, he would never... Intentionally, I pray to God. I pray to God I will never teach a false teaching. But I know I'm capable of it. And so you have to continually come and compare what you're hearing out of my mouth to what God's Word says. And then this final statement. To those of you, again, as you think about it, as you teach here in the church, as you work with children and youth, your disciple in your home, your job... I want to ask you, are you being a faithful shepherd or leader? Why? Look what he says here. This is so powerful. It's what I want to close with. But if they, speaking of these false shepherds, right? 
these shady shepherds. Verse 22 of Jeremiah 23. But if they had stood in my counsel, again, hearing my voice, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people. Do you hear that? Then, right? That's what they would have done. If you would have spent time hearing me, listening to me, recognizing my voice, and they would have what? Turned. Do you see it? It is only in the true preaching and teaching of God's Word that genuine repentance and conviction of sin comes. And He is calling you as a mom, as a grandmother, as a grandfather, as a neighbor, as a person on the job that you are making disciples as a school, as a student in your class, and God's calling you on that team, on the, in that band, wherever God has placed you. To make disciples. And here's what I want to compel you. God is going to use His Word to transform people. But you and I must be faithful to stand in His presence, to hear His voice, and proclaim the truth of God's Word. And so I have to ask, by the way you live and the way you teach and the way you make disciples, does it reflect that your shepherd is actually good? There's but one good shepherd, you guys. Today, don't be deceived in wearing the mask and following the other shepherds. You may look like a superhero man, but there's going to come a day when you won't enter that gate. That gate is only to those who are willing to take off the mask and humbly acknowledge, God, I've made a mess of things. I am a sheep that's gone astray. I need the good shepherd who lays down his life for me. Oh, what a Savior. Would you pray with me? Father, God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that even though when I am dry and I'm so weak, that you are still a good shepherd. Father, I want to say hallelujah, not only for myself, but for the anthem of the souls here today that can testify to the many times that they too have been spiritually dry and the Lord has not given up on them. He has not abandoned them and they have come back. Lord, I pray today that they would fall on their knees and faces and declare, I have a good shepherd. Father, for those that don't, they don't know you truly, they do not. Father, I pray by the preaching and teaching of your word, which you, you have ordained, God, to bring about the salvation of many souls. I ask today that you would show them that there is but one door, and it's your son. And if they will repent, if they will come and cry out to Him, Lord, save me, forgive me. Lord God, Your Word, Jesus says, I am the door. Those who enter by me will be saved. Father, today, may men and women, boys and girls, take off the mask and declare that I am a sheep that is in need of a good shepherd who would lay down his life for me. Father, You alone can do it. Please, God, I beg it of You. I plead, draw people to You. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your son. We acknowledge he's our good shepherd. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Man.